Welcome to Served Neat. I'm your host, Jen Hartman. I am wildly obsessed with marketing, sales, business, and the bottom line. I left corporate America with $3,000 in my bank account and a dream of becoming a successful entrepreneur. In the last two years, I grew my marketing consultancy to multiple six figures, worked with over 160 CEOs, and even started my very own fashion brand. In this podcast, I'll be serving up my best kept secrets to help you grow and scale your business. Each week, you'll hear from myself along with other entrepreneurs. You'll learn about what it actually takes to grow a brand, the ups, the downs, and everything in between. Pour yourself a glass of bourbon and get ready to take notes because it is time to dive into this week's episode. Emily, I am so excited to have you on Serve Me. How's it going? Good. How are you? Good. Thank you for asking. Tell us a little bit more about yourself. Have you always been an entrepreneur? And if you haven't, what were you doing before Brief? Hi, I'm Emily, the co-founder of Brief, and we are the world's first agency marketplace. And so what we do is really bring the best brands and connect them with the best boutique agencies globally. That really started honestly from years of being in the marketing and agency space and kind of seeing that the model was broken. It was extremely hard, you know, for me as a marketer to find really great outsource partners. And then on the flip side, when I was at an agency in New York, I kind of started to realize that the model was broken. We weren't moving fast enough. We were turning down the coolest clients, started to think there must be a better way. So that's really how, how Brief started and, and came to be. Oh, that is so cool. I agree with you. I mean, I have two different businesses, right? I have a consulting firm, so very agency style. And then on the other hand, I have a fashion brand and I'm currently in the process of searching for a PR agency. And as I'm going throughout this process, I'm like, this is so incredibly painful between having to like search on Google and hop on a sales call and wait for like a proposal to come through. It just is so long. It's, it's, it's painful. And you should, I mean, let's, let's get you on brief and get you going. But funny enough, I actually, before starting brief had my own fashion brand as well. It was called O club and I did swimmer essentials. So I used to be a swimmer. So I guess, yes, I was an entrepreneur before brief, but really how brief started was through that whole process of, I felt like I, I couldn't keep up. I couldn't afford full-time talent. I couldn't find the right boutique agencies within my price point to run everything from my digital to my e-commerce to my website development through that whole process. You know, I ended up having to close doors a little bit because of COVID, but also just because, um, I had this inkling for brief and I was like, I'm I'm much better at doing this. And, um, how can I build a platform to support others who have, who have been in my, in my shoes? Yeah, that's awesome. Okay, so you are officially like the coolest person I know. Can I be you when I grow up? <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I feel like you're you're doing just fine. Um, but I'm always happy to chat all things e-commerce. I've been in this space for a very, very long time. So yeah, that's awesome. We're gonna have to have a follow-up conversation after this. <laughs> <laughs> and my my very first business in the fashion world was that I was in high school and I would tie-dye shirts and and decorate them and sell them at like recess. So I I, I feel your pain when you like talk about, pro- we could talk about inventory, all that good stuff. I've been there. Oh my goodness. Okay. So like you always knew you were going to be an entrepreneur then like since very early on. I think it's, 
it's kind of just been in my bones and I've always dabbled in a bunch of different things. And that doesn't mean I was, you know, I think the last, you know, 10 so years I was, I was working for other companies, but I was always, I would say like entrepreneur adjacent. So I was always at startups. I was always sitting next to the founders. I I've just loved being in that space and the building and the, the growth aspect of it and the pivoting and the challenges it brings. So when you were working for other people, at what point did you say, oh, I've had enough. Now it's time to go full-time in my own business. That's a great question. Um, I think early on in my career, I always was like, I'm going to be an entrepreneur. I'm going to, I'm one day going to get there. And I put a lot of pressure on myself around the concept that I don't have the idea, but like, I want to work for myself, but I just don't have that idea. And how do other entrepreneurs get these brilliant ideas that are going to change the world. And truth be told, as I took that pressure off and kind of just made really great strategic steps in my career and met awesome colleagues and entrepreneurs along the way, I kind of just fell into what I'm doing today brief. So like I said, it, I didn't go about trying to start, you know, the world's first agency marketplace. It really was, I was at startups, outsourcing was hard. I was at agencies, that model was broken. And then I had this e-commerce business where I truly couldn't keep up and I couldn't find the right skilled partners as I was managing a hundred other things. So it was kind of like that melting pot of everything really was how I came to breathe. So it was years in the making. Wow. That's awesome. And you kind of solved your own problem as well. And I feel like the best businesses and the best products come out of your own need and your own yeah. problem. So that's great. Okay. I think, I think to that point too, it's also been such a blessing because I I'm very empathetic with our user. So I, I could chat with you for hours on e-com, but I could also kind of chat with the marketer in corporate and, and his or her challenges that they're, they're experiencing. And so I think that's been also such a gift is just building something, not only for myself, but for people who, who have experienced the same pain points that I did. Yeah, exactly. You know, your customer so well, because you were your customer. So that's fantastic. All right. Can you give my listeners some insight into how exactly brief works, both on the brand side and the agency side? Yes. Kind of the, the TLDR is we are the easiest way to find an agency. And with that, we've built a marketplace of not only brands who need agency support, but a community of over 6,000 boutique agencies globally. From a brand perspective, you know, you need help with, let's say, paid social. You can come to the platform. You can scope your project. You can work with our budgeting tools. You can even connect with a marketing expert on our team just to make sure all questions are addressed and all that good stuff. And then once you post the project to the platform, you will receive vetted agency pitches in less than a week. And these agencies have truly been vetted for you down to budget, location, availability, even aesthetic. And then on the flip side, really proud of the community of agencies that we've that we've built um, who kind of range from all things digital and creative. So web design and development all the way down to we have the coolest NFT agencies on our platform and they can sign up to brief. They go through an application process. And then similar to brands, they're really presented with project opportunities that are fit for you and for them. And our RFP process doesn't take days. It takes, you know, less than 15 minutes for them to pitch. And then they can make the introductions with the clients and manage all contracts and payments. That is awesome. Wow. So your plan manages payments. Oh yeah, my goodness. So, yeah. So I always like to say that brief, you know, the heartbeat is the marketplace. So that connection of brands and agencies, but we're so much more, we're a planning tool. 
we manage all contracts. We have a whole, you know, payment arm. And then we're also building a fintech platform as well. Wow. Okay. So I don't have, I, I have worked in tech before in product marketing, but I don't know what it's like to develop a product like that. What has that process been like from the tech side? It, it can be intense, but it's it's similar to building, you know, a, a retail business or any type of business. You you kind of have a goal and you you go step by step by step by step, you know, to A and then and then you start building. I think, you know, going back back to the the fact that I have really been on the agency and client side, it's it's made me extremely empathetic and in a very complicated process. And so what we try to do with our product is really break down the RFP process, break down payments, break down planning. A lot of, a lot of marketers don't even know where to start when it comes to their roadmap. And so taking, you know, a very complex process and breaking it down into little chunks within the product has, has been where we've seen a lot of success. Awesome. Okay. So I know the brief has been around for a couple of years. Can you tell us more about the early stages? What was it like getting started? Did you face any challenges? If so, what were those challenges? Yes. Getting started was, was a slow and steady race. My co-founder and I, we actually started this together when we were dating and now we're married and we've been very, very, very deliberate. So we had an idea. And again, we took it piece by piece. I don't think we were like, we're going to build this huge marketplace that has a payments arm and a contracting and planning, we really were like, how do we make connections and how do we build out both sides of the marketplace and being slow and deliberate and probably not going as fast as we wanted to in the beginning really allowed us to engage with the customer and uncover things that they also need. So again, they don't just need to be matched with an agency. They need to have the resources to actually plan their marketing roadmaps, budget projects, um, scope projects. And so that led us to kind of creating that product. And it was a slow, kind of very slow start, but because we've been so deliberate, we haven't really skipped over anything. And I think fast forward two years, we've been able to scale a lot quicker because of that. Wow. That's so, so great. Okay. So tell me a little bit more about what marketing strategies have worked really well for you guys, what you're up to in that department. I know that I found you through a paid ad, which is super funny. So for those of you who don't know, I saw a brief through a paid ad, I think on Instagram, clicked on it, checked out the site and then figured out who the founder was, Emily, searched her on Instagram, like the creep I am connected with her, sent her a DM. And I was like, I'm just going to shoot my shot to see if she wants to get on a podcast interview. So that's how I discovered you. So I know you guys are doing paid ads and they're obviously working, but what else do you guys do for marketing? Yeah. So, you know, the early stages of brief were really organic referral word of mouth. And I was very, very deliberate, um, around the idea of I'm not going to start paid channels until we really have our ducks in a row. I needed to know who our, who our user was. I needed to have all of our user flows worked out. And once I felt like the foundation was set and things were starting to take off is really when I turned on our, our digital channels. That's, that's really been the bread and butter of my career. So I, I did have expertise in that. And that's really one of our like main sources, I would say of, of users is Facebook, Instagram, Google search. We also, you know, are slowly building out enterprise sales team partnerships and really trying to diversify, I would say our marketing mix. But for the last year, our focus has really been in the, in the paid media space. And again, taking it slow, like not <laughs> turning all the lights on at once, but really testing things on Facebook. Okay. That's working going into search, going into Twitter, LinkedIn, all of that. 
That's great. Were there any marketing strategies that you guys tried that just did not convert? Oh gosh. Okay. So this is a really funny story. When we first, when we first turned on paid, paid social. So that's Facebook and Instagram in our case, we obviously talk a lot about agencies. Well, for some, some reason, Facebook started to adjust the algorithm to really go after musicians looking for agents. So (laughs) for about two months, we had musicians, everything, everyone from like rappers down to country musicians, like signing up to breathe saying, I, I really want an agent. And we were like, Oh my God, what, what is happening? Like, I'm not kidding you. Like you could ask our whole team for two months. And so we had to go back to the drawing board, scale things back, tweak our messaging. We realized, you know, we had a Spotify case study. So maybe that could have been why they've like, we're signing up to breathe, but really funny, really funny two months. And I think our history of that happening. And then we pivot, but again, it was like, you know, tweaking the algorithm. But once, once that algorithm catches on to something, it like, it's kind of out of your control a little bit. That is so funny that that happened. I mean, I can see how it would, how it would go down that path. How much money did you waste for those two months? Oh gosh. I don't know. And I don't, again, I don't, I I genuinely don't think it was money wasted because we had to go back to the drawing board and we're like, there has to be more strategic ways to build out our audiences. We really, really, really need to audit our ads. So I don't think it was like time wasted. It was just more like, oh, okay, this is not working. Let's go back to square one. So you learned a good, valuable lesson there. So that's great. Yes. During my research, I found that you raised $4.5 million to date. That is incredible. What tips would you give to another female founder who is interested in going down that path? Yeah, that's a really good question. And oh my gosh, we can, again, this is, we could talk about this all day. And I think, I think there's two things. I think one is timing. So don't, don't think, you know, from day one, you have to always be in the fundraising cycle. I think there's, there's almost like a seasonality to it. So kind of build, prove market fit, go out and fundraise. It's very, very easy for founders to get caught up in this kind of like fundraising cycle of, I constantly have to be talking to people. I constantly have to be pitching myself, but the reality is that really pulls you out of the business. And so what I've, what I've learned is, you know, I'll go through very long, almost like sprints of, of building sales, proving conversion or XYZ. And then I'll kind of allocate, you know, the rest of that quarter to to fundraising. And then I think my like second piece of advice is really, really be thoughtful with your partners. You, you, you could essentially take money from everyone and it's your business first and foremost. And I think bringing on the right partners who are respectful of what you're building, who can provide value is a sure, you know, sure way for success. Because again, you bring, it's like hiring or it's like, it's like anything you kind of bring in the the wrong team to the mix and it could, could be detrimental. That makes a lot of sense. That's so interesting. I've never gone down that path, but I have plenty of clients who have gone through fundraising. So I'm always curious how that works. At what point did you decide we need help? Did you bootstrap up to a certain point? Yes. So George and I self-funded the business really up until I think kind of early last year. And again, that was really deliberate. Like I, like I mentioned, we built really, really, really slow because we, we didn't want to take a bunch of cash and just start throwing it against the wall. We really, really wanted to prove product market fit. We really wanted to prove that 
we knew what we were doing. We really wanted to prove that we could build the right team. There was a lot of learnings that we we did on our own dime before we were like, okay, it's time to make this something, you know, way bigger than ourselves. It's time to grow the team. It's try to, it's time to kind of like turn on those marketing channels and also bring on the right strategics. Okay. That's awesome. So speaking of growth, what do you think has led to such rapid growth? Has it been your team? Has it been systems? Has it been marketing? Like what do you attribute your growth to? I think there's a few things. I, I mean, I go back to kind of how we present ourselves. So if, if you go on brief.com, you'll see we are a B2B company, but we really position ourselves like a B2C brand. I think we're really relatable to our users, which are marketers and creatives. So having that like baseline of trust automatically like helps you, helps you with growth, helps you build your customer base. I think, you know, the, the second piece again was being extremely deliberate in how and when we decided to turn on our page. So like I said, I, I, I wanted to know who our user was. I wanted to know what they were relating to. I wanted to have really, really solid user flows built out. So that's everything from landing pages down to emails, down to, you know, how they enter the platform before I really started to put fuel on the fire. So digital has been a huge part of it. And then I would say we also have a really, really solid team and a team that's been in their user shoes again, and a team that's willing to kind of listen to the customer and bring that feedback back to us. And, and we can build to, to make them happy. Awesome. Those are all great tips and tricks and lessons. Thank you so much for sharing that. So my next question for you is I checked out your careers page. You guys are hiring for quite a few roles. I'm curious, what is it like leading a remote team? Has it been easy? Have you faced any challenges? If so, what were those challenges? Yeah. I mean, it, yeah, it's crazy. We've hired, I think eight people in the last eight weeks, which is so exciting, but crazy at the same time. And I'm having a lot of fun with just the whole recruiting side of the business. We are pretty much a fully remote team. We do have offices in New York and Colorado in which there's a hybrid approach. So, you know, two days a week, we all come into the office and then the rest of the time, everyone can kind of work where they wish. I though always like to say that brief grew up remote. Um, we started the business, you know, only a few months before COVID. And so we didn't really know anything else. And I think because we had that, you know, clean slate when it came to growing the team, we were, we were able to put in the, you know, systems, tools, and processes to have a strong remote team. And that's everything from Asana to Slack to doing daily standups to biannual offsites. And we even do things like monthly book clubs. So we have a whole suite of things where we do feel really connected on a daily basis. We can meet up in person, but at the same time, I think we're all extremely efficient because we're working in environments that are best for us. That makes so much sense. We're also a remote first team and I know that my employees really appreciate it. And after COVID, I just can't imagine going into an office every day from nine to five. I don't think I have it in me anymore. And no, I know. And, and the, the idea of like commuting a half hour or having to lug all your stuff. And it just seems so inefficient at this point. I think to that point also, I feel so fortunate that we have a team that's global. We actually truly, and that's just opened us up to a more candidates. I think more ideas, never would I imagine that like a New York based company could hire someone in Portland, LA, Atlanta, like you name it. 
And I think that's also been my favorite part of this whole journey is just the access to talent from, from anywhere. Yeah. It is such an advantage. So what advice would you give to a CEO who is trying to decide between hiring an agency versus hiring an in-house marketing role? I mean, one thing I'm, I'm really passionate about, and I, I think what we're solving with, with brief and really becoming the solution is the org chart today has really changed. You know, you no longer, like, like we were just talking about, you no longer have to have a team that's sitting in the same room in the same city or an agency partner that's down the street where you connect once a week in person. It looks so different today and it looks different to every business and every founder and every entrepreneur. And I think there's a way to build your team where you can have, you know, full-time employees, but then you can also fill the gaps with these boutique agencies who can really test and trial and help you grow faster because there's more, more minds at the table. That's one thing I'm really passionate about. I think we've proved that at brief, you know, we have a full-time team, but we follow our own model. We, we have, you know, a UI UX agency, we have a paid social agency. We've really grown with, again, like I said, this modern org chart of full-time employees, boutique agencies, consultants, you name it. And I think it relieves a lot of pressure of having to, <laughs> to have this team that's kind of like marching with you in the same place. And it's no longer the case. You can have you know, a team global. Yeah, I agree. And I think that's where a lot of companies are heading, where they have a mix between working with agencies, consultants, and in-house employees, because let's face it, not every project that you need done at your business requires a full-time employee to do Like, for example, if you're building out a new website, do you really need to hire a full-time employee to build out that website? Probably not. You're probably going to save more money by working with an agency anyways. And you also know that when you hire an agency to do that, you're going to get a really fabulous website at the end of the day. Exactly. Because they're, they're, they are the true experts. They do this day in and day out. Um, I also think, and you would know, you would know best, like modern marketing is insane. There are so many channels. There are so many programs. There are so many content needs that it is actually impossible to hire for that all full time. And the fact that you can have, you know, a whole influencer marketing agency running that part of the business, but you never have to bring it in house. I think is so liberating yet it allows the business to keep up and it allows the, the business to grow faster. Yeah. And I also think it allows you to try new things too. I mean, instead of hiring a full-time influencer marketing team, right? You can work with an agency and you can do it for three months. And at the end of those three months, if you, if it's working, you keep doing it. And if it's not, then you part ways and and that's it. You don't have to waste a lot of money in the process. I couldn't agree more. Awesome. Okay. So this has been so exciting. I loved chatting with you. Tell us what's next for brief. What's coming up this year. So we're really focused on just a, you know, improving our product and making the process of finding an agency more seamless and quicker than ever. And then we're really focused on growing our team. So bringing in that, those rock stars, everyone from product down to brand leads and agency leads to continue to grow our community, grow our brand, and um, really change the way of work. Do you have a goal for your platform size? Like, are you trying to grow it to like 100,000 members, 10,000? What does that look like? I mean, I, I, I do think by the end of the year, we will be the biggest agency brand in the world. And like I said, we, we have over 6,000 agencies on the platform already. And, you know, I want to get that to 10,000 and then I want to get it to 15 and I want to just keep growing that and same, same on the brand, on the brand side. Awesome. 
Cool. Well, Emily, it was great chatting with you. This interview has been fantastic. I know my listeners are going to love it as well. Any last words before we wrap up? No, I just think, you know, marketers don't need to do it all and they do not need to have the answer for everything. And there are, you know, specialized boutique agencies there to help and we can facilitate those connections. Awesome. And where can everybody find you? Brief.com and our Instagram is at briefwork. And my personal Instagram is Emily E. Bibb. Awesome. Thank you so much for sharing. All right, guys. Thank you so much for listening. I will catch you guys on next week's episode of Serve Me. Thanks again.